are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. This morning, just began to release some messages about renewal. How many were here this morning? Well, quite a few, so I don't have to recap a whole lot, praise the Lord, but I will just a little bit. There is an outpouring of God's Spirit right now. There is money that is being transferred into the kingdom right now that was not in the kingdom a few months ago. There are men in corporations right now, and I visited a few of them, and I talked about it a little bit this morning, but I want you to know what's going on behind the scenes. That our billionaires, they close the door, and they're saying this, I need deliverance. People are ready for what the Lord wants to do through you. The ground is ready. The field is wide unto harvest. If you listen to television, if you listen to yellow journalism, you're going to hear that we're powerless. You're going to hear that we're not making a difference. We're not even putting a dent in this thing. But you need to know behind the scenes, there is a lot of momentum. There's a lot of momentum in the prayer movement. There's a lot of momentum in the worship movement. I'm telling you, God is moving. It takes the Spirit of God to keep people in a place, being obedient to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to have the Spirit of God to do that. My brother-in-law runs one of those centers, and I want to tell you something. I've been there, I've sat in there, there's an anointing and an unction to pray and to prophesy, but to do it seven days a week, 24 hours a day, it's only God. And he doesn't want to do anything else. He says, all I want to do is establish day and night prayer over my city. All I want to do is lead the people of my city into intimacy with God. That's what's burning inside him. That does not happen unless God is moving. So don't listen to anything that you're hearing. Because a lot of us are carrying things from the past. So we're walking around wounded and we need to realize we're missing out. We're missing out on what God wants to do through us. So this morning we talked about conflict-free aggression or being proactive, being free of these mind maps, being free of our fears, being free of these things doing some very difficult things that you need to do, gathering people around you, coming out of isolation. Tonight I want to continue on on the theme of renewal, and I want to add another part to it. It's called waiting on the Lord. 
Now, a lot of us, we look at this and we go, I'm impatient. I don't like waiting. I'm an instant gratification guy. I can master the possibilities with my MasterCard. I can get whatever I need. I have the means. But see, it's, that's called manipulation. That's not called stewardship. Stewardship is about delayed gratification. It's about waiting on the Lord to bring something your way. It's waiting on the Lord to say yes and amen to a desire he put in your heart. See, what do we need God for if we can do everything on our own? I recently sat with a very wealthy man, and I made him mad, and he didn't talk to me for a couple weeks. I said, you've started all these businesses, but what do you need God for? Because you have the money to start them, you have the money to hire your staff, you have the money to do all those things. I said, are you praying for the will of God to be done? Because a lot of it was not succeeding. But he could just keep it going because he had the finances to do it. But I want you to know right now that God is stopping the wealthy in their tracks. And they're realizing this thought is coming. Just like the woman who had the issue of the Lord, uh, the blood, and she said, behold, she had this thought. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Where did that thought come from? It wasn't her own thought. It was the mind of Christ. It was a word of knowledge from God. How many believe that? And she touched him and he was healed. This is what they're thinking. I've been doing this all these years. All I have to show for it is this building, this entrepreneurship, these things, these things, and these things. But I don't have anything in heaven established. If God is real, and I think he is, I've not been building my treasures in heaven. There is a lot of people right now that God's waking up. One specific person that I worked with for a long time has refunneled all of their finances toward restorative ministry. They've shifted it all to feeding the hungry. They've shifted it all to deliverance ministries. They've shifted it all to prayer houses. They've shifted all that. And they're just all excited like a little kid going, oh my gosh, it's always been about deliverance, but I didn't know that. They were in new age places. They were doing mantras. They were doing everything else, trying to you know, get their mind that consciousness. And guess what happened? While they were in there doing all those things, Jesus was talking to them. He was coming through all of that new age. He was coming through all those spirits, and he was talking to them. They didn't know what to do. You have divine appointments that you must keep. 
you go, I don't like waiting. How many in this room are over 50? Right? We're going to talk about King David. We're going to talk about how he was anointed king, but he waited, some scholars say 15 years, some say 20, some say 22. He waited on God. And what did God do while he was waiting? He developed his character. Everybody say that word, character. Without character, you will miss, I see you. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, let that, no, I better not say that. <laughs> Developing character. Character is so important. So in 1 Samuel 16, I want you to turn there with me. How many here have had some amazing events with God? Right? You've had those amazing prayer times. You, you've had those times when you prophesied over God, you know, over people in the name of the Lord. Listen. How long ago was that? When was it? Yesterday is a good answer. But for a lot of people, it was a long time long time ago. God wants us walking in this refreshing and this renewal every single day. What is it going to take? Running to Jesus. Waiting on God. Believing his word. So let's read this. And I'll preempt it for you. Saul was king. Samuel anointed him. He was a head taller than everybody else. But when Samuel went to anoint him, how many remember where he was hiding in the baggage? The Bible says that he was little in his old eyes. That means insecure. That means that he had issues. Now listen. So God gives him a mandate to go and destroy all the Am Amalekites. Remember that? And he didn't do it. So God strips the kingdom from him. And now the prophet Samuel is in this place. He's in this place of grieving over what God had rejected. Church, don't grieve over things that God removes. Celebrate the removal of those things because the removal of those things means that God is bringing new things. Everybody say new. 
How many need some new things in your life? New choices, right? New structures in our lives. New calls to prayer. New strengthening in the Lord. We need those things. So here's what he says to them, to him. So the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Then he says these words to him. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. What does that mean? It means we've spent enough time with this. I'm not a God of the dead. I'm a God of the living. We've spent enough time grieving over this. You've spent enough time thinking about this. There's business to get about. So when he said, rise and fill your horn with oil, here's what he's telling him. Samuel, you're a prophet. And prophets prophesy. Prophets carry the word of the Lord. How many believe that? Prophets are about the Father's business, right? He said, Samuel, you're not supposed to be sitting here grieving over what I've rejected. You're supposed to be moving toward what I'm commanding. I'm going to say that again. Not grieving over what God has rejected, but moving toward what God has commanded. This is the way. Walk in it, right? But here's what it means. Rise. Arise. Stand up. Be aroused. Be stirred up in the Spirit. Remember how David said he spoke to his soul? He said, soul, why are you downcast, old soul? Rise up and hope in God. Some of you, the proclivities in your life, you're going to have to start speaking to yourself. You say, well, that's kind of schizophrenic. No, it's not. It's biblical. David spoke to his soul when it was out of position. When it was out of order, he spoke to it. You're going to have to do that and say, enough is enough. Daniel, that is enough. Stand up. Get moving. Stir yourself up in the Lord and get on with it. So he says, fill your horn with oil. You know what that means? It means do something toward renewal. Church, all through the word of God it says, be ye not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? We have got to walk in this place of being stirred up and moving forward in the things of the Lord. You can't sit back. I don't care who you have to get around you, but you better get somebody that knows how to speak the word of the Lord. You better get somebody that knows how to be proactive. You better get somebody that's successful in God. You better get somebody that knows how to step on, come out of these things, and move forward. Get them around you. Get them around you. Some of you are going to have to lose some people that are around you right now. Because they're not bringing you into the place of renewal 
they keep drawing you back into the place of your woundedness and your past. That's not going to work. You've got to rise, fill your horn with oil, and get about the Father's business. The Word of God is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, be dividing between bone and marrow and sinew, the thoughts and the intents of a man's heart, between soul and spirit. Listen, the Word of God is waiting, is waiting for you to speak to your soul. I want to say that again. The Word of God is waiting for you to speak to your soul, to command that alignment, because when you do, there's going to be an activation. When you do, there's going to be a charging of angels. When you do, there's going to be a changing of your mind. When you do, there's going to be a repositioning of your heart. When you do, your mouth is going to have a new abundance, and what's going to come out of your mouth is not going to be death, but what's going to come out of your mouth is going to be life. Amen? So we talk about waiting. David had to wait. And God was developing his character. And David would not touch God's anointing. Anointed. He wouldn't touch him. He was anointed king. He could have just went and been in that place. But with Saul, he wouldn't touch him. Why? Because David was a man after God's own heart. David was not willing to take things into his own hands. He knew how to wait on God. Can you imagine him? He's, he's, he's got all those sheep, and they're all kind of rocked in with piles of rocks, right? And he's the gate, and he's sitting right there. And anything that's going to come through to these sheep has to come through me first. So he's there. And he's vulnerable, and he's trusting God to give him the strength, to give him the wisdom, to give him the empowerment to conquer his enemies. He's being faithful over the little, right? When his brothers, when he came to take on Goliath, they said, why aren't you tending those few sheep? Well, it all started with those few sheep. Do you understand you're praying in the Spirit all started with those couple of utterances. All started with those few words. All started with those sounds, that, those phonics that you didn't understand. All started with just a couple things, and God transformed it into a supernatural language. Your salvation all started with a wooing of the Spirit of God. God was patient with you, was he not? All started with that wooing and drawing. And God was being patient with you. And then the next thing you know, I am aware that I need God. I'm aware that there's an emptiness in my life. 
Before that point, I was making excuses. I was blaming everybody else. I was trying to fill it on my own, trying to supply all my own needs and do all that. But on that one minute, it started. It started just with a nudge. It started just with hearing something on the radio, a song. It started with a neighbor talking to you. It started from a small beginning and grew, and grew, and grew, and grew. Some of you need to get back to the place of a small beginning. It may be just you getting your cup of coffee in the morning and sitting there and being really honest with God and saying it's been a long time since I came here just to listen to you. It's been a long time. Because you may have prophesied before. You may have been on a worship team before. You may have been an intercessor before. But we all have dry seasons in our lives. What does it take to get out of a dry season? Just a little bit of water. Just a little bit of water. What does that look like? Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. What does that look like? It looks like this level of honesty. Brother, I'm dry, and I'm thirsty, and I'm hungry. And I can see the Spirit of God in you. Just like Paul talked about impartation, brother, would you grace me and give me what you have so I can be picked up just enough to start again? But that means dying to self. That means admitting that I'm dry and I'm thirsty. And I might possibly in areas of my life, even at this moment, be barren. But I don't have to stay there. Because there's this thing called the body of Christ and this, there's this diversity in the body of Christ. And when I'm weak, my brother is strong. <laughs> I'm not talking about being a virtue sucker. You know what I mean? Those that don't want to go after God on their own or anything else. But when you get to that place where you're dry and thirsty, you better know that the Holy Spirit is telling you. He's speaking to you. He's saying you need to spend time with God. He's saying you need to stop what you're doing. You're, you need to be refreshed. You need to come and bow down and come before me. But when we lack character, we worry about an image and let me tell you something. If your image 
is more important than your intimacy with God, you're in trouble. I want to say that again. If your image before people, before your brothers and sisters, before your boss, before whoever is more important than your intimacy with your God, you are in trouble. Just let that settle for a minute. David wasn't about image. He was about integrity. We know he sinned with Bathsheba, but we also know that on so many occasions when he could have took things into his own hands, he refused to. When others were put in as king, when Saul died, he could have done that when Ishbosheth was put in that place, but he didn't. He waited on God. Why? Because he knew that God was good. He knew that God had a plan. And he also knew that if he moved into something that God wasn't in and it wasn't God's design, it was not going to be good. Church, how many times have we been unwilling to humble ourselves and say, I'm struggling. I need help. I'm weak. I'm tired. I don't know what to do. I used to be so on fire for God. If you've served God for any length of time, you can spot the fire. Right? How many would say yes to that? If you've served God for any length of time, you can spot the fire. And if you see it, and you don't seize it, That's foolish. Because if you need it, then come and get it. Because when you humble yourself, there is going to be an impartation from God that's going to strengthen whatever was weakened and establish whatever's been on shaky ground. Romans 1.11, Paul says, I long to come to you that I might impart some spiritual gift so that you would be established and strengthened and empowered. We don't want to have anything to do with each other. We want to come to church but we don't want anybody sitting in our spot. We don't want anybody holding us accountable. We want to be, say it with me, left alone. Right? Because that's what's been happening in the body of Christ for a long time.
people that want to be left alone are going to house churches. They're doing all that stuff. And they go, that's good enough. Yes, but you're all at the same level and there's no challenge or the person that's there leading it is a little bit above everybody else and controlling everybody else and no one's being released, say the word with me, released to move into the next phase of their life. Amen. You okay? You good? <laughs> Part of that I couldn't even do with my tongue. Question. How many of you have areas in your life that are suspect when it comes to your character. Hmm? If God was to give you a million dollars right now, and tell you to give it all away. Because he had five more to give you once you gave it all away. But how many, if he gave you a million dollars right now, with what you know is going on inside you, concerning pride, huh? concerning manipulation, Concerning control. You kind of go, I'm going to spin that sucker as fast as I can. How many have had a few opportunities where there was a fair amount of money coming your way? And when that fair amount of money was coming your way, how many thought about all the people you could help or how many thought about how many ways you could help yourself? That's 80-inch big screen TV is looking pretty good, right, for hockey? That brand new truck, right? The man, right, we're driving that new truck, right? We look good. But God is looking for people that he can trust with his resources. God is looking for people that he can trust with his spirit. God is looking for people that he can trust with his word. And that means, church, we got some work to do. You ever have anybody come next to you and say, you know, I struggle with lying at times. And I just want you to begin to pray for me because I want this to be broken. I want this to be broken. 
You say, oh, that makes me look like a liar. That's a lie from the devil. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all these things unto you. Look around you right now. How many of you are dry? Let me see your hands. You're dry. Right? Some of you are like. You know what the Holy Spirit's saying? No, duh. The Holy Spirit knows you're dry. Look around you. We got to start using what's in our midst to get what we need. And I'm not talking about control, I'm not talking about usury. I'm talking about body ministry. I'm talking about, brother, if you're ignited in that area and the fire of God is on you and <laughs> I'm dry, I'm coming. How many would be okay with somebody coming? So many of us go, Oh, no, 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 I know all about codependency. Oh, no, 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 no. Boy, I say yes to them one time. They're going to be all over me. They're going to be at my house. They're going to be showing up for dinner. They're going to be showing up at my workplace and doing all that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not talking about the lost. I'm talking about the saved. The born again. They're just going to slide in and go. Brother, I'm a little low tonight. Let me have your hand there, brother. And it's this simple. In the name of Jesus, I agree that whatever my brother needs, in Jesus' name, silver and gold, I don't have any. But such as I do have, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give it to you. Bam. You say bam. Just like that. But we almost don't want to have anything to do with anything like that because it makes us look weak. 
So what? So what? I confess before you right now that I have areas in my life where I'm weak. And I confess to you to know this, that in those areas where I am weak, God has promised me that he will be his strongest. His strength is perfected in my weakness. So my brother, I confess to you that I have areas of my life where I'm weak. My sister, I confess to you that I have areas in my life where I'm weak. I'm not talking about pornography. I'm not talking about sin. That could be part of it. I'm talking about sometimes where I can be intimidated. I'm talking about sometimes where I can be fearful. I'm talking about sometimes where I feel like I'm in way over my head. Anybody ever felt that way before with the Lord? I'm way over my head, right? But when I am willing, everybody say willing, to be weak, then his manifestation is strength. Now, strength isn't what you think. His manifestation is sufficiency, enablement, increased capacity. That word strength isn't just a temporary boost. It's an immune system renewal. And what God wants from us and what will attract others is our dependency on God. But we're afraid to be needy. We're afraid to be weak because we spent so much of our Christian life in the place of image. I'm an apostle. I'm a prophet. I'm afraid. Oh, don't say that, brother. Well, I better face reality in my life. I, I better get in reality. If I'm afraid, not saying it isn't helping me. Listen to me. I, I, I'm a psychologist. what I do. I'm not saying you're not afraid isn't helping you at all. But when you acknowledge what's going on with you, then there's freedom. So God's working on David's character. And God's working on our character. And whether it's 15 years, whether it's 20 years, listen. Most of us have already been in this thing, this kingdom, over that already. And we don't like waiting. 
We don't like being weak. But how many lift your hand up and say, hmm, if I admit I'm weak in this area, then I'm going to get some help. Right? And my help comes from the Lord. But a lot of us go, how you doing, brother? We go, praise God, brother, I am awesome. How you doing, brother? Glory to God. Isn't God glorious? Hallelujah, brother. And God's going, this is a good place for a stick-up. You know what I mean? One of those air fresheners, right? Because we walk in this image. And we talk out of this image. This imaginary Christian that we've made up. What does a Christian look like? Oh, this is the day. Joy to all. Isn't God good? Then they say something, all the time. And what if we gave up on the image and we moved into the sonship and we moved into the adoption where we could realize that we don't have to earn the right to be a son or a daughter. God's already earned that for us. David was secure in who he was. Think about him. He's waiting all this time. And what did he do while he was waiting? He conquered kingdoms. <laughs> he took on the Philistines. He wasn't doing nothing. He was about God's business. But in the whole process, God was training him and dealing with deep things in him. And in that process, he wrote a lot of the Psalms. How many remember that? I will wait on the Lord. And again, I say wait on the Lord, right? The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my strength. He started just doing all those things. How many of you would like to let What's in you, in God, come out of you? How many would like to let that next sonnet to the Lord come out of you? That next song from the Lord come out of you? How many would like to move in that place? That place comes from brokenness. And it's not brokenness where you're emotionally broken. It's brokenness where you've humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God, where you're dependent on God, where everything that you need comes from Him, where you're not resisting the Spirit, but you're embracing the Spirit of God. You're submitting to the Spirit of God. That's what God is calling the church to right now. How many want to get in on that? 
Because God's saying, you've got this image that you're carrying that you're so broken, you're so wounded, you're so hurt. But in your heart right now, there's a whole person. There's a person that isn't walking that way. But you've gotten so used to carrying that image of that wounded person. And let me show you how it is. Can I show you? It's like, a, you're fine until somebody asks you how you're doing. And then it's this. Well, now you were fine just a couple seconds ago. How you doing? Well, Pastor, you know. And when you start getting that squeaky voice, you're getting a little more than you asked for. How many have heard that squeaky voice? Well, Pastor. And then it's like this. I was doing okay, but when I came in the church and I looked at you, you looked like you were upset with me. And pastor's going, Ooh, we've entered into the twilight zone. What do you say to that? I'm sure he's got a great comeback. I'm sorry, I wasn't upset with you. The truth is, I didn't even notice you. Oh, that's probably not. Is that what? <laughs> oh, that's, that's what he's not saying that's inside him. <laughs> Anybody have any of those things inside you? <laughs> Look at you guys. <sighs> oh, brother, no. There's no malice or strife or contention in my life. It's time to live in reality. And reality is, I want to say it again, the fields are definitely white unto harvest. When I see what's happening with the wealthiest of wealthy, If God is touching them that way, if there's recognizing that they need deliverance, then the person that's at the grocery store, the person that's down the street, the person that's wherever, they're primed and ready. How many want to get in this?
David was David. David was David in silence. David was David in the cave. All through the Bible, you see David being David. When his mighty man had the opportunity to take out Saul, right? Abishai, what did he say? Oh, I, I can take him right now, David. I, I can stick him right now to the ground. I don't need a second chance. I can do it right now. And what did David say? Don't touch God's anointed. Every time Saul pursued him, David did not waver in his character. Church, the reason that we're struggling so much is we're waving in our character. It's not sound. We have areas of default in us. We have areas where we manipulate. We have areas where we control. We have areas where we're dishonest. We have areas where we can't be trusted. I don't know about you, but what I want to hear God say to me, and I've heard him say it a, lot, a few times lately, is this. I trust you with my sons and daughters. I know that you'll do no harm. I trust you. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my word. I trust you with my power. I trust you. Some of you are saying, why doesn't God use me? And God's saying, deal with this. Deal with this. And there'll be no obstruction to this river that is within you. Amen? No obstruction. We need people that don't have ulterior motives. We need people that their money is God's money. They're not withholding. When it's in your power to do good, what does the Bible say to do? How many times will we give something to the homeless on the street or somebody else, but know our brother or sister has a need? And go, I don't really like them. I don't really care about them. There's always something going on in their life. There's always a need. They're using the church. They're doing this. Yes, I believe there's times when you have to hold people accountable for their finances and other things. But I believe more than not, it's not that case. I believe some people just need 
a little help. And a little bit goes a long ways. I've been meeting a lot of people, and God says, give them some money. And it used to be I'd weigh it a little like, well, you know. I'm not sure if that, I'm not sure if they need it. God says, this isn't a quiz. (laughs) See, obedience isn't an argument. It's an action. We're missing out on the multiplication of our finances because we're afraid someone's going to take advantage of us or somebody's going to use us. Say this with me. Yes, that's true. But you see, it's not even about that. It's about what God is developing in us so that we're not worried about people, what they're going to do with what God tells us to do for them or to give them. That's not even a concern anymore. It's just God's telling me to do something. I walk up and I say, be blessed, brother. This is for you. He's going, there's nothing in his hand right now. What? Where's he? I'm a pastor. Where's that handshake? Where, what's the <laughs> Pentecostal handshake? What's going We're being called right now to risk. We're being called right now to let the image die of what a Christian looks like. And embrace intimacy. How many believe David had intimacy with God? He didn't get that intimacy, and I've got a whole thing of notes here. But God's driving this point home right now. We're carriers of an image instead of the image of Christ carrying us. I long to see Christ in people. I long to see this. I long to see that when I speak to you, the first thing that jumps out isn't your personality, isn't your neediness, isn't your control, isn't your manipulation, but the first thing that jumps out is the presence of Almighty God. We're not walking in it. It's not a condemnation. It's a challenge. It's a charge. Some of us, we have this machismo 
this I'm a man, right? And this is that. But listen, a man of God has a tender side to him too. A man of God has an inviting side to him. A man of God has a safe side to him. Even for the most wounded, you want to know how to fill this house up? Get rid of your Christian image that you think is what everybody's looking for and move into intimacy with God. Because when you do, you will find people opening up to you, opening up to God who is in you, and instantaneously receiving their healing, instantaneously receiving their deliverance. But people walk around the house of God, okay? I've been a lot of places in the world and preach. They walk around the house of God, and they're walking like this, and they're going, nope, 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 nope. Nope, no, 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 no. Because here's what they see. The same familiar spirits that have been tormenting them are present in some of God's people. It's time for us to stop propping up the image and come into a new intimacy with God. How many in this room would say, I hear you? Is it resonating with you? You're going to have to humble yourself. Right? And let me talk to you about the image. The image of humility is a crock. Because humility isn't something we are. Humility is something we do. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will lift you up. We, we say, oh, brother. So we, so we act humble, right? We act humble even though we're passive aggressive, right? We're saying yes to that person. We're going, oh, no, brother. You're going to call me and I'm going to let you know exactly how I feel because I'm not going to return your call. But it was to my benefit right now to act it out. Let me tell you something. Some of us could be in Hollywood because we know how to act the part. But you see, that's, be warmer, that's hypocrisy. It's acting like something that you're not. 
You see, ooh, this isn't making me all warm and fuzzy. Sorry. But it's a call for you to become mighty sons and daughters of Almighty God. It's a call for you to allow the anointing of God to break the yokes of bondage over your life. It's a call for you to fill your horn with oil, which represents the Spirit of God, which represents renewal. It's a call to make some drastic shifts and changes in your lives so that you can be in a place with intimacy with God. So that when I look at you and your friends look at you and they go, because I don't hear this testimony much anymore, but I want to tell you, I used to hear it all the time back in the 90s. I used to hear people saying, I don't know what you got, but I want it. I got to have it. What, what's going on with you? How are you able... How were you able to act that way to that person that was doing all that to you? How were you able to do that? I don't hear that very often anymore. But I don't know about you, Pastor, but on the street and you, I remember hearing that all the time. That was a testimony in the church. Brother, I don't know what you got. But I got to have it. I recognize I don't have it. There's something in you that I'm missing. And I want it. And there was a jealousy. There was, a, there was an action taking place to receive that. And what would we say? It's Jesus. And we said, it's Jesus? Here's what they say. I kind of thought it was. I kind of thought it was. How, how can I have what you have? Can I have what you have? But see, how many people are saying, I want what you got. I want what you got. When we're walking in the presence of God and we're walking in intimacy with God, it's attractive. It's attractive. Say attractive. It's attractive. So how many tonight? Would be willing to allow God to take and tear down the image that you've been protecting yourself with? you've been pretending with how many would be willing to let God strip it off and say this oh brother that's kind of scary because I've had it a long time and, and, and I'm not sure who I really am. Oh. You know what I say? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. 
That's the moment of coming to your senses. That's the moment of transformation. That's the moment when you say, I'm not willing to allow an image to carry me anymore. But in him I live and move and have my being. How many want some spiritual activity in your life? How many want to see some signs that make people wonder? Well, I'm giving you a little secret right now. Because a lot of you, God has a brand new beginning with you. And he has a fresh anointing for you. And he has a fresh fire for you. And he has a fresh desire for you. And he has a new mind for you. And he has a new heart for you. Do you want it? Do you want him? Are you willing to be this radically honest in your walk with God? Because that's where it is. Because God's looking for this empowerment in your life. You know what I'm saying? This, this when you reach out, brother, and you shake somebody's hand, there's not a transference of a bad attitude. But there's a transference of the anointing, of the love, of the joy, of the peace of God. Are you ready? You don't know what kind of men God's calling you to sit with, brother. But I'm telling you, you haven't been living up to your full potential. And from here, what I'm looking at, I'd say, it's time. It's time. So if you're in and you're saying yes and you're willing to let God deal with the image that you've been propping up through idolatry, through pride, this image that you think what you think a Christian looks like do you know what a Christian looks like? Jesus. Right? Lowly, meek, approachable, powerful, and mighty. But not having to prove anything to anybody Remember Jesus at the transfiguration? And I'm closing. Remember Jesus at the transfiguration? 
And he just said, I just, I just got to take this off just for a second. And there was just this incredible power of God. And the heavens opened up. That's who's in you. Church, what do you say we make an agreement that we let him kill the image and he, we let him show off a little of who he is in and through us? Right? You're just kind of walking around. You feel the fire of God inside you, right? You're kind of going... Like Jeremiah said, the fire of God. was in his bones. You imagine what that feels like? Whew. That's hot, isn't it? The fire of God's in your bones, right? You're like, you're kind of feeling dangerous at that moment, right? Spontaneous combustion. So here's the call tonight. The call tonight is to allow God to take down the idolatrous image of what a Christian looks like. It's pretty serious. Those are pretty serious words. And I'm not saying them out of someone who hasn't dealt with it. I'm not saying it as someone who's just making up something to talk about. I'm saying it really out of my heart, out of the depths of my heart. That it's time for the church to deal with the idolatrous image of what a Christian looks like. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. You say, I'm in. I'm in. And some of you may say, you know, Pastor Daniel, it's not in every area of my life. But this call is if it's in any area of your life. No one wants to see your personality first. They want to see the presence of God. They don't want to know how strong you are. They want to see how strong God is in you. They don't want to see how smart you are. They want to see the wisdom of God in you.
It's the call. It's the clarion call tonight. There's a power here for you. There's a transformation for you. He loves you. Are you ready? Would you put your hands up? Can you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I hear what you're saying. And it's my choice to either stay where I am and prop up this image or let the Spirit of God rise up within me and pull down every stronghold, every fear, every high place. Lord Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. I'm, I'm unwilling to live like this any longer. Lord Jesus, I give you permission to set me free. Right now. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.